Four eyes and no sight. Poisonous bunchback toad. The soul of this man is his clothes. Beetle-headed flap-eared knave. Anointed sovereign of sighs and groans. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Strutting and Fretting, conversations with actors and performing artists from Houston and beyond. I'm your host, Timothy Eggert. Today, I'm speaking with Rebecca Bernstein about her online theater phenomenon, Zoom Shakespeare. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca. Hi, thank you for, thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, it. Phenomenon. Uh, uh, yes. Well, I mean, it's, I'm glad you, that was, this is a good introduction. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Um, so for the listeners who, who might not know what exactly is Zoom, Zoom, Zoom Shakespeare, Zoom Shakespeare, and why is it the best thing to come out of the 2020 COVID lockdown? Um, I mean, that and Bo Burnham's inside, but, right. um, but um, I've collected an incredible group of actors from all over the world, um, and we did uh, Zoom readings slash productions um i kind of feel like they were like stage readings i guess you could say by the end um of the entire shakespeare canon uh we did uh two world premiere productions we did a five-part audio adaptation of peter pan um and it's been a way for people in houston like me to meet people who are doing theater in russia and canada and the uk wow Okay, I didn't I didn't realize it extended that far. I mean, you yeah. know, obviously the capability was there, um, and you have to get everybody in the same like kind of uh, time zone space. But um, yeah, all of, so Russia, Canada, the UK, anywhere else notable? Uh, one woman has joined us uh, from Italy. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's so awesome. I'm yeah. I'm really excited to hear that. Um, what what would you say is involved in like casting and uh, rehearsing a typical production? So it depends. I mean, we very early on and mostly through the canon, we did, um, you know, the first like maybe 10 shows we did was, hey, here's the cast. Are you interested? Yes. Um, here's your role. Um, look over it and then we'll see you then. Um, we gave him a theme. I think, yes, we did a 70s slasher, um, Titus Andronicus, um, which makes sense because that is full of blood. Right. Um, and so very early on, we didn't have that many rehearsals, but as we got further, um, we would meet once a week because um, we did it weekly. <laughs> um, wow. For, for most, of, yeah, for most of the canon. Um, and then for some of them, like when we did our two productions of Christmas Carol, we rehearsed those for about a month. Um, uh, you know, it's hard because even, at, and especially as we've been going towards being okay with the pandemic, I'm not saying it's over, but we've accepted things and thought right. we're all gonna get it, who knows? Um, it's been harder to find uh, rehearsal times, but that's something that I'd like to do going forward. So, so in your your in your initial um, productions, you you would meet once, and that's that yes. was all of rehearsal. So yeah. how how people were just flying by the seat of their pants, clearly. And 
90% of the time, it was this wonderful like spontaneity of people coming in with, with characters. Um, we did two As You Like It's and both um, Rosalind's played things completely different. Um, we did uh, uh, a Tim two Tempests, one with uh, Jonathan Gonzalez as Prospero and then one with Rachel Brownhill as Prospero. Um, and that was really interesting because it was this surprise of what people were going to bring. Now, that what also happened was then you encounter the people who had never read the script before slash muted themselves um, or forgot where they were in the text. Then you just oh, have wow. to like, message them on Facebook. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, so are you are you directing all these, or or there you have guest directors for this? Yeah. How does this work? It's been a lot of me, um, but I've um, Jonathan Gonzalez has directed uh, directed most of the histories because those are boring. Tim, I've said it before. <laughs> I'll say it again. The histories simply consist of white men yelling at each other about yes. who's going to get land. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, and then we had uh, Kristen Wells, who is out in Chicago, did a few. Um, uh, let's see who else. Um, yeah, it's been it's been mostly the three of us. Uh, Stephen Starling, um, Don, uh, Saltzman has did a couple. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it's been I would say, yeah. But it, a lot of it's been me with some help. Well, that's cool. What what other challenges do you find with this uh, project, like? scheduling breakneck a rehearsal what else is i think that's the biggest thing and i've been amazed at how many like it's gotten better as we've gotten on but especially early on there was a lot of i can't tonight shrug i know the show's in 15 minutes oh no yeah okay and like i've encountered that in community theater Mm -hmm. but i expect but you know it's like okay so you're not feeling good Turn on your computer. You don't have to have your camera on. Just say your words, please, please. Right. Yes. And yes, scheduling. Like we, the ones where we've had people from all over the world, we've have had to do on like, um, at you know four p.m. Houston time in order to make it not one a.m. Right. UK time. That's that's really cool though. Um. And, and you've done the entire Shakespeare canon in less than two years, which is, um, I think, amazing. And um, it kind of blows my mind. And uh, you, uh, listeners can't see uh, Rebecca shaking her head just then, but um, that was, um, <laughs> that is a feat. I'm very impressed. That's that's very cool. Thank you. Um, it does look like you've kind of moved on from Shakespeare a bit, though. Yeah. Um, so what kind of plays do, do lend themselves to this sort of live desktop performance environment? So after we finished, we did um, we did Cyrano de Bergerac. Um, uh, you know, I wanted to do because I think what I kind of feel drawn to and is public domain work. Um, a, you don't have to pay rights, which is great. Right. And B, I think it's time for us to reinvent these stories that we've seen a hundred times. Um, we did uh, a little uh, production of Little Women that was kind of based on one of the first 
play adaptations that we then essentially rewrote because it was not good because some plays written in the 1800s right are yeah some are very poor adaptations of the source material that was written 10 years before the play was right um perhaps one of the most exciting things we did was a um five-part audio adaptation of peter pan uh this was last july um and that was really cool because i'd never played with the medium before um oh okay the audio medium and mm. i felt like it would have been kind of i feel like it would be kind of hokey to have people on on zoom being like i'm flying <laughs> right but, no, yeah i totally get that yeah. um but when and you, you don't have the visual you can just see it in your head of course i mean uh the best scenery is always on radio um mm. and and you said that it was live so did you no um oh, okay part of that okay. and then uh leslie barrera who's does some stuff in, in the city um did all of the tech and cutting and it was that was definitely i feel like the biggest job with sure. the editing and mm -hmm. sound so way yeah you can absolutely recreate the entire show and editing too um mm -hmm. Yeah, everything changes a little bit. Um, that's cool. Um, audio is actually one of my favorite mediums and I, I kind of miss it. I did a lot of um, classic radio drama. Really? Uh, back in the day. Yeah, it's been a while, but it's- um, It's a cool art. It's fun. Uh, back when it was the 75th anniversary of War of the Worlds, mm. I was involved in- um, like directing a live performance of that and that included like the foley table and cool. someone with a someone with a keyboard off to the to the side and um kind of Where recording that? of that somewhere it was um it was at the owen theater and it was oh, and uh man. broadcast um it was broadcast on something called lone star internet radio back then i think they actually have a low power um fm station now but it's it was in conroe and it's there's a recording of it somewhere i'm sure um but yeah it was it was a lot of fun sam martinez was in that yeah. direction and he was um if you ever want to do a one-man orson wells show sam's the guy to go to for sure That's so good um yeah so that was that was cool but yeah that i'm glad you're getting into audio because that's it's just so fun and imaginative and I'm happy for you. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so is there a, a favorite uh, Zoom Shakespeare production for you? And is it the same as your favorite Shakespeare play? Maybe? No. Okay. So I would say of the canon, so we did, um, I would say two, um, if I can. Can I, can I pick two? Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. Tell me whatever. So, uh, Alric Davis, who's the um, artistic director of Sankofa Collective, uh, an incredible company who actually I was doing a show with when the shutdown happened. Um, uh, he and I co-directed a all people of color production of Othello, which really made that text more about um, toxic masculinity and um, simply this dude being driven crazy by jealousy. And that was really cool because we had an incredible group of actors. Um, and then my other one was, 
Um, Taming of the Shrew was hugely problematic. We know this. Right. Um, so what I decided to do with that one was I changed all the pronouns. So it was about this woman, Petruchia, coming to tame the um, Caterino, the wild man who can't get married till his brother, Bianco, Bianca, no, Bianco gets married. Right. And that was so much fun. And it made that text a lot better. Still not great. Right. <laughs> and male victims exist. So I don't want right. to negate that, but it made that text somewhat better. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so, okay. So those are your favorite Shakespeare plays. Yeah. Is there a specific uh, Zoom Shakespeare production that is close to your heart? Oh, those two, I would say, were my favorite Zoom Shakespeare. Oh, both of those. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, in terms of my favorite Shakespeare, I like Twelfth Night. I feel like I've I've come to love Twelfth Night a lot. And I actually really love Measure for Measure. It's so weird. Yeah. But it's so, like, bizarrely relevant. Yeah. I've, I've, I confess I have not read Measure for Measure. I need to. It's weird. It's one of the problem yeah. plays. Right. It's like, Merchant of Venice, where you think it's a comedy because it ends in marriage, but like a bunch of people are miserable by the end. Mm-hmm. So it's a comedy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never heard that the Merchant of Venice was a comedy, but um, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, there is that. So what what's next for um, Zoom Shakespeare or ZSP for short? <laughs> um. Well, so my goal now that we have been established as an LLC, this happened like this week, um, which is very exciting and terrifying, but also very exciting. Um, Mostly I say that because of the business aspect. I know how to do the artistic director aspect, business, taxes. I don't know. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, sure. But why why was it important for you to to, become like a legit business? I feel like asking for money and we were able to charge for Christmas Carol in uh, late 2021. But I feel like, you know, I I think people take you a lot more seriously if you're an actual business um, rather than you a collection of people. Right. Um, uh, So my hope is to be doing some live things in the, in the foreseeable future. I'm not quite sure when that would be. And, um, I have a couple of ideas of maybe doing non-public domain scripts via Zoom um, uh, with some international actors. Uh, cool. Yeah. That is very exciting. Wow. I, I guess, I mean, I have, I've, uh, I confess I've not seen a whole lot of them. Um, I did watch the latest one, Ooh. which was, um, uh, Yes, and yeah. was based on a movie, and I'm not sure who adapted that, but um, that was fun and funny, and uh, really did enjoy that. Um, and I also did not realize. I mean, I, 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 I knew the scope could be so international, but it just didn't mm-hmm. really occur to me until um, you pointed that out, and. Um, one of the other reasons that I wanted to start this and make it a real theater company and do live shows is to bring some more diversity and reflection of Houston. That's that's super exciting. And I'm, I'm happy to see this continue for sure. 
That said, I think it's now time for the fretworthy five. If you're ready, let's do it. Fret right, 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 right. Worthy five. Okay. All right. Here we go. Um, like I like we said before, if for some reason you um, want to pass on any of these uh, questions, I have a couple more. So okay. here we go. Here we go. All right. Okay. okay. Have you ever gone dumpster diving? No. No. That's gross. So, yes. <laughs> okay. So you haven't taken any object or that save that. Have you have you taken any other object from someone's yard that is obviously being thrown away? Either for a prop or anything else like Not that I can remember, but okay. perhaps I've buried those memories. <laughs> All right. What would make you go dumpster diving? Something really really cool. Um, or if I was super hungry slash living in New York, I went and visited recently. Uh-huh. And I did see this very wealthy, well-off looking person dumpster diving. That's probably how you get things in New York. <laughs> probably. No, is this behind it? it otherwise. <laughs> was this in an alley behind a bodega? Where, where... I think it was behind a bodega. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Um, we have this place at work that's unmanned. That's basically an unmanned convenience store that I call the Robodega. <laughs> and I've never been to New York. I'm very sad that I haven't been, but it's like the first thing that I need to see is uh, a bodega with a cat in it. Um, On a recent trip, my sister and I saw a bodega with two. And I was like, yeah. there's these two kittens just chilling in a bodega. I don't know. Is that sanitary? <laughs> Probably not, but they're also kitties. So yeah, it's you know, it's culture. What can you say? Yeah. <laughs> Part of the New York experience. Okay, <laughs> so um, here we go. This one's kind of a weird one, and sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, I I feel like maybe you will know, pick up on what I'm asking, and I've I've saved this one for you. I guess I don't know because okay. it's good. been on the list for a while, and I've never actually asked it. Um, so here we go. Mm-hmm. Basil Rathbone. Jeremy Brett, Robert Downey Jr., Benedict Cumberbatch, or Johnny Lee Miller, who is the best Sherlock Holmes? Mm, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch? Why is so that? So awkward. So weird. Yeah. So antisocial. Also, it's Benedict Cumberbatch with his weird alien face. That is some, like, how do you, how, it's, he's got, it's like, the, I think there's a French term where it's like pretty ugly, where it's like, like, it's, he's so hot while not being hot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you laugh because you know I'm right, don't you? <laughs> yes, yeah, I do. Um, I, I feel like um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of uh, British actors kind of have that quality, though. I mean, um, I, I don't know if you're at all a Doctor Who fan, but uh, yeah. oh yeah, I know. Matt, you. Matt, you, but... <laughs> yes, Matt Smith has a face that looks like a foot, yeah. and he has said so. He has he has claimed this, and I'm like looking at you. Okay, I can kind of see it, but um, yeah, people, you know, I I can see that that guy's a handsome man. I I won't I won't deny it. Yeah. Also, Cumberbatch has that voice, which I don't think the rest True. of true. True. Um, although Jeremy Brett, yes. <laughs> but- well, that's good. <laughs> Cumberbatch didn't have, as far as I know, the cocaine problem that Jeremy Brett did um and in fact like he's a good guy he's like yeah. like I, think you're, I read some story about him like beating up some guy who had like grabbed a woman's purse oh and, wow or like 
chased after someone after they had stolen something from someone. I don't know. Wow, I had not heard this Cumberbatch story. I'll have to find it. That's not from cool, violence. Oh but. wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad that all those made sense to you and points for knowing who Jeremy Brett is. Cause I it's like, this is why I saved this question for you. Yeah. I like somehow subconsciously knew that you would pick up on what I'm talking about. So, okay. So question number three, um, in the last question, I just listed off a whole bunch of dudes. Yeah. Um, so what property do you think should be gender flipped and hasn't yet? Oh boy. Oh, give me a second. Um, okay, so we did Ocean's Eleven. We did Ghostbusters. Um, you know, this just came to me. I'm a, I'm a Doctor Who fan. I'm a Harry Potter fan. Great. I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Okay. And this just came to me of how cool it would be to see these, um, to see that entire, like the, the entire fellowship. Mm -hmm. play by like, like, how cool would that be? That would be awesome um yeah that that's what came to mind just because i'm such a, a lord of the rings person that's cool yeah no it would not have occurred to me but yes you were absolutely right that that would be fantastic with like a big male um i like would love to see that male galadriel and <laughs> um, little, little lady little lady golem creeping around <laughs> 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 oh that um well, that's gonna haunt my dreams okay <laughs> well you're welcome <laughs> there we go that's what i get for asking uh fretworthy five questions okay um what are you craving right now chocolate but that's usually the answer or cheese okay but that's usually the answer with me like what what, what kind of cheese any not swiss or american but like I, for me it's like the stinkier the better yeah like brie camembert all that stuff you know okay stinky cheese <laughs> cool i once had to uh I, there's this children's character called the stinky cheese man i don't know if you're yeah, right oh this. yeah i love those books yeah okay so when i worked at barnes and noble back when dinosaurs ruled the earth Mm -hmm. um i got to dress up one afternoon in the stinky cheese man costume and i must say that the smell of that thing lives up to its name i was gonna say i'll bet that was not a fun smelling costume no really wasn't i'm just glad it wasn't ours it was it's not hanging around everywhere it's i don't know it went on tour or something they had to rent it <laughs> you would think somebody would freeze it or spray some vodka in it or something i don't know but it was pretty bad that so was rank promoting the book yes but that seemed a little desperate to have somebody ah, was it, it new was, i guess it, it was, was the 90s so i you know right. i i i don't i don't know all i know is i had to be in it how <laughs> long <laughs> uh about two hours while oh, kids yeah. kind of climbed on me it was weird yep sounds about right yeah <laughs> Okay, uh, last question, unless you pass, in which case I got a couple others. Um, do you still have your wisdom teeth? No, got them out, I think before the end of college. So relatively early. Okay, so this is what, 22 probably? Yeah. Something like that. How traumatic was that or not at all or? Not so much. Um, um, I mean, 
it's always funny to me when they when they give you the, the IV and say, okay, count back from 10 or whatever, because then you get to like five. Yeah. And nope. You don't remember anything else for several hours. Um, uh, I had to get some like, um, what was it called? So just like do some extra cleaning because there was like some issue with the healing, but not, nothing. Oh, no. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't like painful. It was just, I'm not going to go into details. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you if you had dry sockets or not. Yes. Like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to yell on your podcast, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm it is. Sorry. Well, I'm glad, that, I'm glad that it wasn't too painful because I understand it was painful <laughs> for a lot of other people. Um, I had mine pulled recently. Really? Uh, yes. I, I absolutely, it was um i want to say it's it's christmas 2020 actually um so this was uh after lockdown was coming down we were already on christmas break um and you had uh, it done mid like yeah at at 44 so um yeah no i just they weren't bothering me my dentist kept saying, Hey, do you want them pulled? I'm like, they're not bothering me. Do you want them pulled? And we went through decades of this and like, they're not bothering me. And it got to the point where, okay, now they're bothering me and they're crowding my jaw. So <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, we finally did have that done and I had all four of them pulled at the same time. Cause I never wanted to go back again. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the, the second day was terrible because, I mean, that's still fresh in my mind, but... Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. After that, it was it was annoying, but it wasn't awful. And I found that, uh, fun fact, if you're getting your wisdom teeth pulled anytime soon, which you're not, but somebody might be, um, I found that the uh, cold and warm compresses actually helped a lot better than the meds did. Mm-hmm. So, so that's fun fact to know and learn from uh your favorite podcaster hopefully um anyway that's that's weird i don't know my my wife has a story about uh having my wisdom teeth pulled um and i don't remember it ah she remembers you saying she's she's driving i don't remember what she said i said but (laughs) Apparently I got in the car after being helped into it and we're on the way home and I'm like checking my phone apparently. And I fall asleep with the phone in my hand as if I'm still looking at it. Right. So yeah, it was, it's, it was a weird time, but anyway, that's it. Uh, you have survived the fretworthy five. So good for you. See, I told you it wouldn't be that bad. No. Anyway, thank you for uh, putting up my random questions. I love randomness. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, we're going to take a pause for a bit. And after the break, I will continue with my conversation with Rebecca and ask her about her actor origin story. Uh, Strutting and fretting will be right back. Hey, this is your host, Timothy Eggert, coming at you with some new information regarding how to support this podcast. We've just opened up the one and only Strutting and Fretting Patreon. Visit www.patreon.com slash fretme to find out how to get sneak peeks of episodes or become a producer. Wow, that sounds exciting, Tim, but what does it mean? 
Well, gentle listener, you gotta go to www.patreon.com slash fretme to find out. That page again is www.patreon.com slash fretme. Operators are standing by. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Strutting and Fretting. I am talking with actor Rebecca Bernstein, who created Zoom Shakespeare for the uh, Houston theater community and all over the world, and now officially an LLC. Huzzah! So here we go. Uh, Why theater, and how did you start? So I was put in dance when I was little. Um, My parents were just like, hey, let's just try, see if Becca likes dance. She seems like a little dramatic kid. Um, That didn't really work for me because I wanted to do my own thing. In fact, I like got in trouble in dance class for like going over in the corner and like doing an interpretive piece. That wasn't what was choreographed. (laughs) Um, So they said, okay, then maybe let's try like Tuts. Um, Tuts had like a... um, little tiny you know like five five and six year old program where they oh, like the humphrey school yeah 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 okay. um yeah i was a tuts kid back in the day yeah so this was like um and so i did i did that for a little bit um i was in hits um uh, oh you did both yeah i i'm not a music i love musical theater i'm not, <laughs> I'm not a singer so then i ended up doing the main street stuff which was you know all straight plays okay um, uh but you know it was always something that i felt so connected to i feel like you know it's been said before but especially for kids who are who feel kind of outside like they're outsiders um it is such a welcoming community and such a place where you can you can um like get in touch with things that you wouldn't usually normally and um i just felt really connected to it and and then i got a degree at um, San Jose University. Um, Did you say so, San Jose? I didn't oh, quite sorry, get that. Saint, sorry, St. Edwards. Ah, okay. Uh, wonderful school. Um, they have a great program, theater program. And then came back to Houston and been doing stuff since then. Okay, that's hmm. cool. Can how, how, I'm, I'm not trying to ask how old anybody hmm. is, but um, like, so when was that and how long have you been like basically back in the Houston theater community since so, college? No, it's okay. Um, uh, I graduated in 2011. Um, okay. And then I did a lot of stuff at Upstage Theater um, back when it was back in the Heights. Um, Sean Thompson was the artistic director. Oh, and I didn't now, know that. Yeah, he now <laughs> runs um, Points North. Um, uh, but he was actually the first one who was like, I'd taken a directing class and liked it. And so like, he let me direct stuff for main, for, um, uh, upstage when I hadn't, yeah. When I hadn't directed before. Uh, that's and, cool. Yeah. And I felt, boy, did I fall in love with that? Um, <laughs> you mean I get to tell actors what to do, which you can't do when you're an actor. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. I'm glad you got that opportunity. Um, and you know, uh, Sean is a cool guy to, uh, really get, that, get that kind of connection with mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so like, what would you say since then has been your ratio of acting to directing then? I've still mostly done acting. It's okay. more about, uh, directorial opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's less of those than there are 
acting, although sure. for women, there's still fewer acting roles than there are for men. Of course. I'm not saying anything new here. Um, no, you're not. <laughs> and, and I'm not, and not trying to attack. I'm not saying, saying anything I wouldn't acknowledge either. <laughs> um, you know, I know that I've been, uh, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's easy for any of us, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's twice as hard as a woman and three times as hard as a minority i would say absolutely um, and so I, I i totally get that and i'm i'm glad to say things are evolving so yes. that there's more equality in our yeah. in our community um but of course we still like in all aspects of our life we have a long way to go on this <clears throat> but anyway uh so so that's how you branched into directing mm -hmm um uh, what are your like favorite roles and and why oh boy um so i did a like it was this weird like the aesthetic was bubblegum nightmare um and this was a production of um marie antoinette uh, by the name's escaping me this was um 2018 at Ulrich davis's company the Sankofa Collective, and it was really cool. Um, it was kind of abstract. Uh, I got um, each one of Marie's women were in different colors. So I was like green and I had like a hoop skirt and uh, I got to play like her best friend and then a revolutionary in the second half. Um, and then more recently, um, one of my most like, and then I did, I did uh, Laura in the Glass Menagerie um, oh, with him. Okay. Uh, or I should say I was about to when the pandemic hit. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like we have act one on, on video. So that, that's there. Um, but I've been really excited to recently be, um, a member of the strange bird immersive, um, escape room, the man from beyond. Yeah. I was about to ask you about that. Yeah. Um, so what, what is that exactly? And, and what's yeah, have like? you been, you haven't been, not been, oh, no, I'm like the worst theater goer, which is terrible because <laughs> I run this podcast, but go ahead. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of us don't get out to see stuff cause we're usually doing stuff. So that's hard. Right. Um, yeah. So strange, but immersive is Houston's only, um, immersive theater slash escape room company. Uh, right. so, it's an escape room with actors who are acting, you know, a foot away from you. Um, okay. And this, uh, their show that's been running since 2017, uh, I'm going to name drop Haley Cooper and um, uh, James Cooper, who are the artistic directors. Um, they created this piece, which is, um, it's a fake, it's a seance uh, for oh, Harry cool. That you walk into and then it becomes an escape room. I'm not oh, gonna give nice. it away. Yeah. Being being a member of that company, I'm one of six women who play the um <clears throat> the seance medium leader role, uh, Madame Daphne. And it's so cool. Just the experience. And I, I say that as somebody who loves being in the audience in that show too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's do you um, does like do characters help or hinder um, or both sometimes? I would say is, both. Yeah. Okay. Mostly help. 
that is that is fantastic. That's, is. That sounds really cool. And how long have you been doing that? I started in February. Oh, okay. So somewhat, somewhat recently. Yeah. Uh, but it's something that I'd kind of like, I think I'd auditioned for them like three times because I was like, I really want to do this. Um, <laughs> like, you know, when you, when you're really taken by something, especially yeah, something yeah, yeah. Long like that, where it's like, <clears throat> I, I remembered seeing it in 2017 and I didn't remember like the gameplay or the escape room part, but I remember the performance and having actors in this kind of spooky room um, acting with you from super close, which is so intimate and bizarre and rare, unless you don't sleep no more in New York, which is also incredible. But immersive theater is kind of new for Houston. Right. That that does sound like super amazing to, have that type of interaction and yeah. like and have a objective for your audience involved that's that is fantastic um what uh keeps you going as a performer i think the fact that you can take a moment out of someone's day and either make them feel make them think about things differently or make them laugh which is both are which of which are incredible tools. And I feel like that's important to do. Um, everyone needs to laugh and everyone, it's always good to, to, to see an experience that's not your own um, in front of you so that you can think right. about what it's like to be, oh, I don't know, other people. Um, then we wouldn't be in the current political, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Haha, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I was gonna say, am I ninety percent chance that he's gonna think this is no, no, you're cool. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, I say, I say, I didn't mean to say ninety. I meant to say ten. Ten. No, it's cool. I'm not. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't judge, and I know where you're coming from. Uh, um, but I think that that's what it is: is taking a moment to make people feel one way or the other. Yeah, that's cool. Um. Are there bucket lists of plays that you have as an actor and or director? I would love to direct a musical, like like a big Les Mis or a Little Shop of Horrors. Um, I'd love to direct. Um, in terms of acting, I mean, nothing like, like I mean, Beatrice and Much Ado About Nothing. Sure. Um, uh, Eliza and Pygmalion. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would have to think about that because I'm sure I, I could give you like a, a list. <laughs> so it's mainly like classical plays yeah. that you're sort of focused on. Oh, which, which Harper. does Harper Sorry? and Angels in America. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's another one. Which, oh, I love Angels in America. Tony Kushner. Love it. Cool. Um, so, um, and this, this might fall flat on its face cause I, I only have vague memories about this and, um, if this is too personal, you don't need to add, you don't need to answer this one, uh, for sure. And we can even delete this out if it becomes weird. Um, but when I met you, um, it was for the, uh, is for one of the smatterings that, uh, Conan Running was doing, and we were uh, put together in the same segment. 
mm-hmm. which I will add one best in show that year. That's right, it did. Mm. I have a cone in my living room right now uh, that says that. Anyway, um, I made some kind of joke, and I don't even remember what it was during rehearsal about Adina Menzel. And you said something like you were related to her or you knew her or something. No. Am I crazy? I might have said it might have been. Oh, what you probably remembered was the fact that I went had gone to New York and seen Frozen with the woman who originated the Broadway uh, adaptation of Frozen, who is my like 50th cousin. Okay. So there is a Frozen Adina Menzel like like connection. Okay. Um, also, not, not what I remember. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, uh, also, I'm sure we're related. We're Ashkenazi Jews, so let's be honest. There's we're probably related somewhere. We all came from the same tiny town in Poland. okay all right so yes tim completely remembered that wrong and we can move on now no it's okay um it's all right um right we're all all old ladies you and me and lauren hanley (laughs) one of the only times i've ever broken on stage was that i think it was the second show that night really I just looked out into the audience. I'm sitting there like, the way I'm old lady voice. Yeah. Like, just lost my damn shit. That was a good segment. Um, yeah. I, 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 I just asked Clown the whole time. That was, that was fun. Well, we had so much fun. Who directed that? Um, I don't remember. I feel bad. Lauren. Lauren won Best Actress because she was incredible. She was no. fantastic. Yeah. Freaking funny she was. Yes. Yeah, she was in like she was wheeling around herself around in the wheelchair. Okay, nobody knows what we're talking about. Just... No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> so we can Unless move. they saw smattering that year. It yeah, was the musical, the musical year. Yeah, it was the musical yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. And one of ours was a ringtone, if I remember yes. correctly. Um, uh okay so this is weird transition here but uh tell me about blackbird that is a bit of a transition um so gosh in terms of you know like this is i feel like some of the like most challenging work i've ever done um david harrower wrote this play in i think like 20 2007 something like that Mm -hmm. um for the edinburgh fringe festival and um, its original Broadway run starred uh, Allison Pill and Jeff Daniels. Oh, wow. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's about a woman who is reconnecting with the man who she had a relationship with when she was 12. And he was, the text, or the play implies that he was 40. We're kind of, I think, playing with that um, in terms of age. But, um, and it's, so like complicated because uh, there's all these feelings not just anger which you would think obviously that's there right. but resentment and hurt and damage um it's it's a really well written play it's uh two actors 80 minutes 
um, a lot of lines, Tim. There's a seven page monologue. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I think Uh I saw something on Facebook about you acting for uh, asking for recommendations on how to tackle that. Yeah. And like People, you saw the I, I got 50 I almost <laughs> I know that's like I almost put down following for notes. Um so what what did you if I may ask well, what mm. what did you decide on as far as technique or or have you yet? I have found that as I'm going through it um I not so much the monologue yet but um the the text there is something that at least for my brain is working about. So you have like a sentence, you write down the first letter of each word and include the um, punctuation. Okay. Then that almost like is like a mnemonic device for your brain mm-hmm. to remember. Okay, so I know that it's this order of letters. So these are the words that are attached to those letters. Um, and it's actually working for me a, a, so far a lot, a lot better or faster, I should say, than the usual, which is look at the look at the sentence, cover it up, say it seven times. Right. Yeah. Um, cover I it used, the next bit. Yeah, I've never tackled um, a monologue that long um, for sure. Um, and but usually I, I write out everything I can, and it takes forever. But um, I feel like once I have it written down in a notebook, it just cements in my brain easier sure. for some reason. Um, it's like the motion, you know, the yeah. muscle memory. It's something about writing it down really helps. Now, granted, you have to be in a show where you've got like time to do that. Um, and that's like not always the case because, you know, the good God, um, like mousetrap took forever when I did that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um yeah no that's 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 what i do but um like i think it was something megan nick said i didn't get to read all of the responses to your um to your uh to that request um but something she said about you know uh write out all your beats mm-hmm. and don't think even about the 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 actual words yet um but write out all your beats. And then another one that was pretty common from, I didn't, like I said, I didn't see all the responses, but um, is like learn it backwards. And yeah, like, I don't think that's <laughs> interesting. I, I, I see why they say that. I'm yeah. not sure just with my brain that would work. Sure. Not every uh, technique is going to work for everybody for sure. But uh, it's like, hmm, these are things I had not considered. Yeah. And, and it, that's been, I mean, that's been the other challenge is like just trying to, get this enormous amount of text right without all of the emotional aspect (laughs) um so much text in my brain um but i'm excited about it this is um can i can i mention the dates is that okay yeah mention anything you want um it's july 22nd and 23rd um Mm -hmm. at the garza studios yeah and it's like a super intimate space i haven't seen it yet but it's like a 30 seater so it's like tiny mm-hmm. um and uh it's a new company 4d performing arts they were out in uh la i think then they moved yeah there. i quickly looked at their facebook page yeah, uh, yeah. earlier today and yeah it's like uh, we were moving to houston from somewhere where i couldn't quite determine i think it's california um, it might not have been la somewhere in california yeah 
but it, that I mean the play itself looks pretty yeah. pretty intense yeah and something I would say something that I would want to see for sure um and it's like um it's funny you mentioned Alison Pill I mean I know Jeff Daniels has been in everything um yeah. but but like Alison Pill I was like oh I know her because she's like on Star Trek Picard and I'm a big nerd. Is she? Yes. Yeah. That makes me, I've always loved her, but like, just cause she's interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I, I didn't, it's like the first time I saw her, it's like, where have I seen her before? And then I traced her back to um, Scott Pilgrim and she's in that too. Um, That's right. That, yes. that movie. She's like the drummer. Um, but yeah, it's like that, that's cool. It's like when actors you know um you hear about mentioned in in theater roles and you had no idea that um they even started with that kind of background or are continuing yeah. with that kind of background so but that's yeah that's that's cool so now i'm extra excited now i have to see this thing yeah. and it, it might be hard because there's only 30 seats per <laughs> per performance so and it's like what two days i'm so, trying to push them for a little for some more for some yeah. more like that's if we're putting, if we're, if we're on learning seven, no. If we're learning yeah. all these texts, me and um, Rob, who's Rob Connick, who's playing Ray. Um, uh. Uh, <clears throat> okay, if we're learning all this, then we might as well do more than a show for 60 people. Right. Fair enough. That and sounds think, awesome. And I don't think it's been done in Houston, at least in the last like 10 years. So. Well, that sounds really exciting, and I am uh, I am looking forward to it um, toward the end of the month. Yeah. Which, um, gosh, my sister might even be in town from New Zealand, so oh, might, might be able to take her to see that. Right. But we might take up at least three of your sixty seats, so we'll see. Oh, hey, bring it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's cool. Is there anything we we didn't touch on that you wanted to mention that's going on in your life? Because it seems like you are extremely busy. I'm a preschool uh, teacher by day. Oh, so that's fun. But that's <laughs> well. No, I only mentioned it because it's it's a performance in and of itself, and sure, it's really nice, especially like right now, to have these tiny little ones running around and being hilarious as you're learning text for a piece about child sexual abuse. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that okay? Is, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Um, so, so like the next question I would ask you in that case is is basically how does your acting and directing experience inform um, wrangling small children? And it's not that different at all. Okay. Um, you have to be, you have to be on all the time. Um, yeah. If the minute you are acting like you're done which sometimes you feel like oh my god please stop throwing a fit you're literally fine i know it's hard for you whatever stop um what because you can't have the toy whatever um but the minute that you actually like show your frustration is the minute that you're done um yeah because they eat like they're fascinating in that way um and then because they'll eat that up they're like all right cool then let's go yeah <laughs> but what's also interesting is the way that they play mm -hmm. um not so much the twos but like threes and fours is so focused um it depends on how you approach acting but there's definitely a connection 
uh, there's definitely something to be said for all we're trying to do as actors, as adults, is get back to that make-believe. Right. That doesn't that doesn't you know go for all part of acting, but there is a part of acting that is that. Sure, I you know I can remember um, as a younger child, yeah, that um, like the the making pretend would have objectives, mm -hmm. and um, I, I wouldn't exactly say beats, but I mean there would there would be you know there'd be increments of a story happening yeah. as as you're as you're making you know as you're playing with your friends and stuff so yeah i totally totally get that that's really cool okay so um that was that was pretty much the interview uh rebecca bernstein has created zoom shakespeare for us to enjoy worldwide the project is over two years old and still going strong you can find more info at facebook.com slash Zoom Shakespeare. Also, she is frequently found on Saturdays as Madame Daphne in Strange Bird Immersive's The Man From Beyond. And, um, and her next role will be as Una in Blackbird with 4D Performing Arts Collective on July 22nd and 23rd at Garza Studios. Rebecca, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me appreciate it thank you tim you've been listening to strutting and fretting conversations with actors and performing artists from houston and beyond our theme music is by ben miller and speaking to you from e42 i'm your host timothy eggert thank you for listening and i'll see you in the cheap seats Hey, this is your host, Timothy Eggert, coming at you with some new information regarding how to support this podcast. We've just opened up the one and only Strutting and Fretting Patreon. Visit www.patreon.com slash fretme to find out how to get sneak peeks of episodes or become a producer. Wow, that sounds exciting, Tim, but what does it mean? Well, gentle listener, you gotta go to www.patreon.com slash fretme to find out. That page again is www.patreon.com slash fretme. Operators are standing by.